Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Shop, click, drive at robertsrobinson.com. We're going to double up the podcast on this Friday as later in the day, we'll have a great Super Bowl special for you, including Danny Klinkscale, his thoughts on the game, Lee Sterling with all his prop bets, and his thoughts on the point total and the point spread of the Chiefs and Eagles in Super Bowl 57. So much, much more. Super Bowl 57 coverage coming up in a separate podcast later on Friday afternoon or early evenings. We hope you'll enjoy that one. We're going to stick to some news-type issues on this episode of KKHI, news really only. And it starts with the fact that we're just going to completely ignore the lunacy at the Super Bowl of the Native American tribes that want to get rid of the chief's name and the chop and all these different things and, you know, the the loons from New York that have flown in and held a news conference saying they want to abolish football for minors in the state of New York. I'm ignoring those people. All right. I'm just, I'm flat ignoring those. And we'll just move on with the news of the day, which was the news of the morning. And I think it's important here to spend a couple of minutes talking about this. The Hunt family was on Fox News today. We know a couple Fridays ago that Fox News sent their morning show to Lenexa, to the Big Biscuit, Steve Ducey, who's from the area and went to KU, hosts that morning show on Fox News, and members of the Hunt family were there, and they did the breakfast. And today, on Fox & Friends, in Glendale, by the stadium, uh, Brian Kilmeade was there, and Clark Hunt himself goes out with his wife, Tavia, and their daughter, Gracie, and they're sitting on the set, and the whole show for, gosh, I don't know, was 30 minutes about the Chiefs, about the Hunts. This is all great for Kansas City, so don't get me wrong. I mean, this is really paints our fair city in a much better light than most of the news that is made in Kansas City, especially by our liberal policies and politicians in Kansas City, Missouri, that seem to frequently get us noticed doing really bad and nefarious things like the Jackson County prosecutor that didn't bring charges against the woman who shot the firefighter dead a couple of years ago here. That was on Tucker Carlson, his show on Thursday night. It's still drawing attention as to the things that we do in Jackson County sometimes and in Kansas City, Missouri in particular. So the Hunt family, don't get me wrong here. By and large, what they are doing is just really great for Kansas City. But it is amazing what money and success will do for you. They had basically an infomercial about how great their family is, how great the parents are, how Gracie has adjusted and was taught by her parents and how they met at a football game and all these different things. And it was just this total infomercial of perfection of this wonderful American family. We heard from Jerry Jones commenting on Lamar Hunt and this great family. And I don't know if any's read it, and it really is not important for me to go through any of this, and I'm not going to. But you cannot find a family anywhere with weirder crap than the Hunts. I mean, they're really like right up there with the Bidens. Might be worse than the Bidens, in fact. Now, I'm not saying Clark and Tavia and Gracie, this generation. And it appears that family is is deeply entrenched in conservatism and Christianity. And by all accounts, they're a great and faithful family. Clark clearly knows what he's doing, owning and operating a football franchise and is much more successful in a much more difficult period of time than his dad ever was. His dad was more of an entrepreneur. Clark Hunt is more of a businessman and understands, you know, succeeding in business and is is glorious at that. The Chiefs, by the way, was the most expensive ticket in the NFL this year. It costs more to go to a Chiefs game than, on average, than any team in the NFL this year. That's remarkable. That's in Kansas City, and that's remarkable. He's notoriously cheap like his dad, which works out well as a businessman. I'm not knocking that. That's what business is about. 
you know, watch what you spend, make a profit, all those good things. We never hear from his siblings. You never hear about Lamar Hunt Jr., really, who uh, I think still owns the hockey team, uh, the Missouri Mavericks, and some of the things who in the past has a terrible past but is reconstructed as a devout Catholic and and by all accounts is just a tremendous philanthropic figure in our community and, and contributor to our society. But it is amazing, now that they've won, how famous the Hunt family is becoming and how great their family image is compared to what it used to be if anyone wanted to see. There is all, if you Google Hunt family history, you won't believe what you read going back like 75 years. You just won't, you will not believe that family. You won't. At one point, Lamar Hunt's dad was the richest man in the world. And it was oil and gas and mostly silver assets that they had in the state of Texas. But they've transformed this now and they've found the Chiefs are very good at seeking out and finding just friendly media that they can set up and say, look, this is just going to be great for us. And Fox News has become that. And I'm asking myself, is this Gracie auditioning for a job? Does she want to work at Fox News? Is, you know, Clark going to buy Fox News? Does he know the Murdochs? Is he wanting to buy shares in it? What's going on here with the Hunt family and Fox News? We know that this organization is incredibly conservative. And they look great on TV. And this was all well and good. I, I really have, there's no, there's nothing wrong here. My complaint would be that we have not watched the Chiefs in the past act staunchly on their conservatism. We have seen them, like the NFL, just cave. And Clark Hunt is among a handful of the five most powerful owners in this league. There's no question. Five most influential and powerful owners in this league. Clark Hunt is there. We have known for probably five to ten years that he's the future leader of all the owners of the NFL. Once Jerry Jones, Robert Kraft are set aside or whatever. Clark is, he's going to own, if he lives to 85, he's got 30 more years owning the Chiefs. He's clearly going to be the owner of owners and be very influential and very powerful. He already is. What bothers me is that they will wear this on their sleeve. They don't seem to mind that if people know they're conservative by being on Fox News and catering to Fox and Fox News and all these different things, they don't seem to mind that. They post Christian things, but... When some matter comes along with a league like Black Lives Matter, which we know is is nothing more than a political organization, they will jump on board to support it. They love Andy Reid. Andy Reid famously raised money for Jeff Collier, who ran for governor in Kansas. Andy Reid's a conservative. The entire outfit is a bunch of conservatives. They're a bunch of conservatives. But boy, they're really sensitive, touchy-feely conservatives. And that troubles me just a little bit. When the Chiefs go out of their way to do, and, and look, they backed off. The, the whole league is backed off from the BLM thing. There are still players that put the thing on their helmet. They allow it. It's the only political organization I've ever seen that's allowed by a league to do these things. And why they haven't, well, you know what? As long as it's quiet, you're not going to hear from anybody in the NFL. As long as there's no players upset, uprising, riots, whatever, they're going to be quiet. They don't really care that Black Lives Matter is fundamentally corrupt and dishonest. They don't care about that as long as there's no trouble with BLM. My question is, we watch the Hunts do this, is they playing this out on their sleeve now? They're, they're out. They're out in the open. We are MAGA, baby. Okay, the Kansas City Chiefs are MAGA. We're the Chiefs. We're not changing our name. We're going to pay money to the Native Americans and do programs for them to shut them up. We're keeping our name. My dad named this team. 
It's named after the mayor. It's we're, we're doing all this stuff. We're going to be staunch conservatives. What happens now with the Hunt family the next time this thing circles back and we have social unrest? That's what I want to see because now everyone knows who they are. And amazingly, in this town, amazingly, outlets like the Kansas City Star, far left outlets, opinion writers, whatever, they will not criticize the Hunt family for who they are. They'll criticize me. They'll criticize anyone. They'll go after any politician, like really great, good, sincere, honest Christian people like Josh Hawley, and just go after him and attack him mercilessly. But they won't touch Andy Reid. They won't touch the Hunt family. They leave him alone. And you've seen the news coverage this week. You've seen it. It's, there is no news going on in Kansas City. Like it's the perfect week to commit a crime or have something nefarious or something goofy going on. There'll be no news attention on it. Nothing. Police might not even see it in Kansas City, Missouri. Or maybe they won't care. We're too busy. I got texts from friends this morning just all about Donna Kelsey and how great of a mom she is. And boy, I hope she can cash in on this and make some money off her fame. I'm like, the, the fact that we as Kansas Cityans just sit and root for all these people and get so dug in to all the media attention of things that honestly don't matter. And, and there's part of that's just the Super Bowl, and it's great. The people who don't really know football or watch football or care that much about football love the Super Bowl. They love the side stories. They love the chocolate chip cookies. You know, they love the little Mahomes stories and all these things that are not football. I get that. Celebrity is celebrity, and people love them, and they're always going to love them, and that's great. But, boy, this week has just been unbelievable the way the Chiefs and the – I guess what I'm trying to say here, I'm having a hard time articulating this. It is shocking to me that some people in an organization so flat-out conservative can own the media like the Democrats do. And that's what the Chiefs have done. They've pulled off the impossible. Because winning in sports trumps everything. Like every media outlet in this town, just, and, and that, I'm not saying, I'm not even saying that's bad. It just is what it is. They have all put aside their political differences, all the left media, leftist media outlets in this town, and regionally for that matter, in the Midwest, have just set it aside and said, we don't care because this sells newspapers, this gets TV ratings, and more importantly, my God, these television stations... They try. They do these 6.30 every night specials, and then 10.30 at night, a couple stations are doing specials. And they come on, and it's a Chiefs Red Extra, whatever they call it. It's unbelievable. They're 30-minute shows. There is no way there is 15 minutes of content in that 30-minute show. It is nothing but commercials, which means they sent their sales reps out and said, just go sell it. We won't tell anybody no. We'll take all the ads we can get, and we'll just pare down the content. They're not going for ratings. It's an emotional buy. You go to Nebraska Furniture Mart and say, hey, do you want to sponsor this thing? Hell, yes, we want to. Chiefs, yes, we want to sponsor it. They throw money at it. It doesn't matter if anybody watches. It's the complete reverse of what media traditionally are, and that is get listeners, get viewers, get readers. When you do, we'll pay you a certain amount because you have so many people listening, watching, or reading. This is the reverse of that. Just create programming. It doesn't matter if anybody's watching. There's no, there's no buying in advance saying, hey, we're going to get this rating. 
And I don't know how you watch those shows. I'll be honest with you. And then look, some of these people are friends of mine and they try hard and they're good at their jobs. This is not their fault. This is the sales department just taking over. There, I watched one on channel. It was channel 41 last night at 6.30. There is no way they had 15 minutes of content in a 30-minute show. No way. It was just nothing. When they came back, they did like a 90-second piece uh, with Tony Gonzalez, who was pimping bare aspirin or something. It was some national hookup Zoom call thing. It was awful television. Awful television. And then it was like 90 seconds long. Then they went to a two-and-a-half-minute commercial break. Then they came back and gave an update of a Patrick Mahomes soundbite or something about his ankle and then went to another commercial break. It's unbelievable. And these folks are competing against your phone where you can get all this on demand. You know, the key word in media now is on demand. When you can get something on demand, you've got an advantage. It has become the advantage in consuming in media. For example, the star's website is their go-to thing now. It's on demand. When you want to read it, you go read it. Kevin Keatsman has issues. It's on demand. When you want to play this podcast, you play it. Live television, live radio. I've been listening to a lot of sports radio this week. Man, it, it just, it all seems trite. It seems trivial. It seems goofy. And it seems like they're just, I, I think what's happened in this podcast, an example of that, and I've said this many times. I used to do a four-hour radio show. I can do the whole four-hour radio show and then some in about 45 minutes on this podcast. And I think that's the world we live in now is so much of live media, radio, television, things like that is just filler. It's just crap. And they load it with commercials and they're like, just put something on the air and then so we can run the commercial breaks. It's really disappointing. And, and this has been, and I'm not trying to be a media critic here, really. I, it's just things that I've noticed this week. And I've noticed that the Hunt family and the Kansas City Chiefs are absolute masters at one thing that I've never seen done. Conservative family, conservative business have complete control over the liberal media. Perhaps nowhere in America does that exist. The Chiefs have complete control over the media in this town. And it goes as far back as, I mean, many years, but we can go back and look at the Britt Reid incident and say they have control over the media in this town, because they do. It is, it's just a remarkable observation. I, I don't really have any commentary here. It's just an observation. Think of anything you've ever seen where Republicans, conservatives, control the liberal media. And the Hunt family does. And it's remarkable. They need their own show on Fox, I guess. Fox News or Gracie may get a show or whatever they want to do. Clearly, they watch every morning because they couldn't wait to be on there about 17 times on Fox and Friends. And I say good for them. All right, another note from the Super Bowl that is issue-related, not Super Bowl game-related is a quarterback named Doug Williams. You may remember Doug Williams as the first black quarterback to ever start in a Super Bowl. And he was good. He threw. He was the MVP of the game. He threw for 340 yards and four touchdowns. The Redskins beat the Broncos 42-10. to 10. It was in like 87, 88 Super Bowl. Doug Williams is at the Super Bowl. He was a backup that year to Mark Rippon and Jay Schrader. And because of injury or whatever, worked his way up. He went 0-2 in the regular season, wound up being the Super Bowl MVP, and actually quarterbacked in the NFL for about eight or nine years. And so Doug Williams is at the Super Bowl, and he is talking about black coaches and how they need more black head coaches and coordinators in the NFL. So he's walking around doing all the interviews and the whole deal. Two things stood out to me. Two things stood out that are negative. 
One, I will let you know as a positive. So I'm being perfectly fair here. The first one is his line, his answer when asked about black coaches, which is what he likes to talk about, more black coaches in the NFL. Here's a direct quote he gave this week. It's not intentional, but we do need more. Well, wait, wait, the whole ruse here on black coaches is the underlying philosophy that this is intentional. We got a bunch of racist owners out here doing what they do, and that's why we don't have more black coaches. Doug Williams said, your your argument is over. The topic is dead when you say the lack of black coaches is, quote, not intentional, but we do need more, unquote. Well, no, if it's not intentional, it means the most qualified people are getting the jobs. The best coaches are in the best places. That doesn't have anything to do with skin color. Just like the best quarterbacks don't have anything to do with skin color. And if we really want to go on a tangent today, this is not the first Super Bowl matchup of two black quarterbacks, and it has not gotten much play this year. I defer to a lot of people who have stated on the record, conservative black Americans, who say Patrick Holmes is not black, he is not white, he is biracial. And who's the woman, Sage Steele, who has the pending lawsuits against ESPN? They suspended her and gave her bad assignments because she refused to allow them to categorize herself as black. And she, she said, we need to stop labeling people. If we're going to do that, she referred in a podcast interview to Barack Obama, not as the first black president. She identified him as the first biracial president. She said his dad is nowhere to be found. He was from Kenya. The mother and the grandmother were white Americans from Kansas that raised him. He's biracial, and ESPN lost their minds over this. They don't want to hear biracial. They want to hear black. And so I think maybe that's one of the reasons that it has not drawn a lot of attention this week. I don't see Patrick Holmes as a black man. I don't see him as a white man. I don't see really anything other than this one hell of a quarterback. I don't know what you see or think, but I don't look at things like that very often, and I don't know why we need to label anything. And I'll, I'll guarantee you right now, this is not the first Super Bowl with two quarterbacks that have some black lineage in their family. And that's ultimately what we have here. We are too far down the road on this, folks. There have been so many people that fell in love and married someone with a different skin color. <laughs> it's inevitable. We're human beings. We're a melting pot in America. This is a good thing. Stop with the labeling. But Doug Williams is out there saying it's not intentional by the NFL, but we do need more black head coaches. That's my first criticism because that argument doesn't hold water. The second criticism is, what in the world is he wearing? Doug Williams is walking around doing interviews in a Hall of Fame jacket. You know, the little light yellowy Hall of Fame gold jackets. He's walking around doing interviews in a Hall of Fame jacket that has no Hall of Fame patch on it. So I had to look it up. I'm like, this guy isn't in the Hall of Fame. He was a journeyman quarterback, whatever. He did win a Super Bowl. So I look it up. He's not in the Hall of Fame, but he walks around like impersonating a Hall of Famer with no patch on his jacket while he does this interview. This is like stolen valor or stolen honor. This is crazy. What is he doing? You're walking around in a Hall of Fame jacket with no patch saying we need more black coaches, but it's not intentional. I don't know anything about Doug Williams other than that's a bad look. That is a bad look. So I looked up his record, and I saw what he did in the Super Bowl, and he wasn't MVP. 
And I believe Hall of Fame is a Hall of Fame. And almost anyone, you mention the word Doug Williams, and they're like, oh, first black quarterback in the Super Bowl. And he won, and he was the MVP. For me, this is my positive comment about Doug Williams. For me, that's enough. He should be in the Hall of Fame. I have no problem with Doug Williams being in the Hall of Fame. And maybe that's why he's wearing this jacket to draw attention to that. I don't sit here and say you have to throw for this many yards or play this many seasons or this or that. Hall of Fame. Okay? Fame. And Doug Williams is, by all accounts, incredibly famous and will always be remembered. Do not let this man die and put him in the Hall of Fame posthumously. There was a lot of talk this week about Marty Schottenheimer. Should he be in the Hall of Fame? Some of the coaches, like Jimmy Johnson, said Marty was a hell of a coach, but man, we can't ignore that postseason record. So he was sort of saying, eh, Marty doesn't belong. I think someday Marty will be in. It will be many years from now, and some people will vote him in and say, that guy was a great coach, and I think he's got a chance to get in. It is a shame that you don't do that when these people are alive. And I don't think there's any question that the first black quarterback, who was also the MVP, that beat John Elway 42-10, to 10, put up 340 yards and four touchdowns, I don't think there's a snowball's chance in hell that this guy is not going to be in the Hall of Fame. So somebody please put him in while he's alive. There. How's that for even and fair with Doug Williams? I got a great email yesterday from Spencer over at Finch Knife Company. They have a new series of knives coming out this year called the Hatfield and McCoys. On February 24th at 1 p.m., they will release the Hatfield Collection. February 24th, 1 p.m., the Hatfield Collection debuts at finchknifeco.com or at 1 o'clock sharp in person at Shields in Overland Park or the Bullet Hole, either place. They'll have the full collection of the Hatfields. I have seen the pictures. I can't even describe them to you because the reveal and the debut is February 24th. That's next Friday at 1 p.m., so I can't say anything about them. I've seen them. I'll just tell you they're spectacular. The new series of Finch Pocket Knives, the Hatfield and McCoys, are going to be incredible. The Hatfields come out on February 24th at 1 p.m. online at finchknifeco.com. If you go to finchknifeco.com, all of their dealers are listed on the site, so you can go through one of the dealers and get these things right at 1 o'clock on February 24th. They'll all be up on the website if you want to see them. It's a big deal for the dealers to have this debut all at one time. 1 o'clock, Friday, February 24th, the new collection, Finch Knife Company, the Hatfield and McCoy collection is out this year. The Hatfields will be released on February 24th. They are spectacular. Finchknifeco.com. Advantage Termite and Pest Control is the only pest company I've ever used. Online at AdvantageTPC.com. 913-768-8989. Contact Aaron and his team, and yes, they remove critters. If you see snakes this spring... If you got squirrels in your attic, you got a raccoon digging holes in your yard, whatever you got, they will come get it for you. They take care of critters as well. They do it all. There is not much you can call advantage, and they won't do. They have somebody that's an expert to take care of it. AdvantageTPC.com anywhere in and around Kansas City. And, of course, it's not too late to get that new LG 70-inch 499. That's unbelievable. LG 70-inch for Sunday's game. $499. That's essentially half price. It's a 4K UHD LG television, 70 inches, $499. Pick up and carry it away at bstock.net, 14680 South Flaming Road. They also have a great deal with $99 Samsung Galaxy tabs this week. Galaxy tablet computers, $99 at bstock.net or visit them in Olathe, and it is all yours.
Capitol Hill was fun on Thursday. Republicans had a great time with their select committee investigating essentially weaponization of the FBI, the Department of Justice, against right-leaning Americans. Let's call this what it is, against conservatives. And we learned on this day, Representative Chris Stewart took over from Utah and was interviewing a man uh, during this hearing named Elliot Williams. He's a CNN legal analyst. He's also the principal partner at Rabin Group Attorneys, which is a lobbyist firm. They have Pfizer, Google, Soros as their clients. This guy's a lobbyist, okay? He's young, he's slick, and he's full of crap is what he is. And he can't answer any of these questions and won't. And so Chris Stewart from Utah turns to the man and says, okay, I want to ask you if the FBI put in a, this is an expert on this. This is Elliot Williams, an expert on this. If the FBI puts in a FISA request that has 17 omissions and 51 wrong assertions, is that a professionally done FISA application by the FBI? And the man wouldn't answer it. And then he started saying, well, that's up to the departments. And Stewart's like, no, sir, answer the question. Is that professionally done? You're an expert in front of a House Select Committee. Is that a well-done professional FISA applications? If it has 17 omissions and 51 wrong assertions, which have now been proven. And the man was not arguing about the 17 omissions or 51 wrong assertions. This was about the Russians and Trump and spying. You remember the Carter Page situation? This was the FISA application so they could spy. So they could essentially start spying. This is the FBI that did this. And finally... After this man wouldn't answer, Stewart said, I think it's hilarious you won't say, no, I don't think that's a good application. That's what this has become. We're now laughing at Democrats. It's comical. Their reactions to this thing, like, if, it, if you could debate it, they might have something. But when you see Biden say things, we're going to need gas for at least 10 more years, and everybody laughs at him, that's a collective laugh. That's people on the left laughing too. People on the left, the most staunch Trump haters would look at this and say, wow, no, they should not have done this. The FBI should not have done this. This wasn't fair in any way, shape, or form. Yet, Elliot Williams can't say that. The legal analyst there, whose company represents or lobbies for Pfizer, Google, and the Soros Group. Matt Gates then gets his turn, and he starts in on the guy and says, you work for Pfizer, right? And Google and Soros, and should these be politically connected? And, and boy, they just go round and round. They hammered this guy. There were some really good people on the other side that were up there that said, we see all this corruption. There was a special agent FBI woman who's no longer with them, says, I don't feel comfortable there because of what they're doing. And, and they've had uh, dozens of FBI agents that, have, that are whistleblowers, that have sent examples of the FBI being a leftist organization for political partisanship only. But the, to me, the line of the day was uh, Congressman Stewart, from Utah, saying to this man in front of the committee about the 17 omissions, the 51 wrong assertions, the FISA application for spying on Trump in the Russia deal. He looked right at him and said, you know what I would think about the FBI? I would think, quote, if you just got one FISA application right, it would be the one investigating the president of the United States, unquote. And that, in a nutshell, is it. It really isn't that we don't think the FBI is doing 90% of its work properly. That's not it. I think most Americans still believe that. But when we see them targeting people from January 6th, when they see them targeting Trump, when they see them not targeting Biden, when they see them not targeting BLM or some of these other things, Americans can see this. 
And the 10% of the FBI and the Department of Justice that are biased are incredibly biased in favor of political gain for the left. That's all it is. It is not equal justice under the law. It is simply to advance the Democrat Party. That is it. That is entirely it. And it's being exposed. At the same time Gates is doing this, he is offered up a new bill by the Republicans on Capitol Hill called the Ukraine Fatigue Resolution. Folks, I am all for this. He has 10 co-sponsors, 11 Republicans have signed it. It has no chance of passing because we got a whole bunch of Republicans that love war. And it benefits their state, to be quite honest. A lot of states have a lot of money tied up in war. They do. And districts, more importantly, that's what we're talking about here, districts where manufacturing of weapons is taking place and technology and all these things that feed the war. That's a lot of money and a lot of jobs in your home district. And by God, jobs and homes in our district is more important than doing the right thing or saving uh, our country from going bankrupt. Matt Gates has introduced the Ukraine fatigue resolution that says Congress should immediately end all aid to this war and urge peace and peace talks. He has pointed to Joe Biden's own words in March of 2022, almost a year ago, where Joe Biden predicted if the United States starts supplying weapons or tanks start rolling or we put tanks in, it will lead to World War III. Joe Biden has said that. Joe Biden has now given them the weapons and he has given them the tanks. Joe Biden clearly, by his own words, wants World War III. It is time, says Matt Gates, to suspend all aid and begin immediately working on a peace deal. I am 100% behind this. I'm done with the Ukraine war. It's going to go on for years and years and years. Nothing will be resolved. The people that live in the areas that Russia wants, the pieces of Ukraine, probably would rather be part of Russia than Ukraine. We are only in this because of political payback, the Biden's influence in Ukraine, the millions and millions of dollars they've made there, the globalists that want to what? Stay in power? How do you stay in power? What is the best way to stay in power? Well, if you're at war, wartime presidents almost always stay in power. Your war better be very, very, very unpopular in some fashion for that to happen. But this one's easy. It's Putin. And Biden knows it. If he stays in the war and he runs against a Republican that wants out of the war, hell, it may be an advantage for him in a political campaign. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. Professional warmongering is just the saddest thing ever. These people, not just America, these people around the globe that, that are, are so-called leaders, they just don't care about people's lives. You can't explain the open border if Joe Biden cares about people's lives. You cannot. You cannot explain why the Chinese balloon flew over our country if people's lives matter. These people don't care. These left-wing elitists around the globe only care about staying in power, and they don't care how many people die. They just don't care. It is shocking how little empathy they have for human beings. And it's so sad. And we see that now with a bill that will go nowhere, Ukraine fatigue resolution. But I'm all behind Matt Gates for introducing this. That's a pretty cool deal. The other thing they're doing on Capitol Hill is there's a memo that is leaked about January 6th and Nancy Pelosi's role in January 6th. If you didn't know this, Nancy Pelosi predicted something bad was going to happen. We know FBI agents incognito were filtered amongst the insurrectionists 
and in some cases encourage them to come up here by this fence. Here, go in this way. We have we literally have like agents and undercover cops on tape saying, hey, come on up here, go through here, and allowing people to go in. They wanted something to happen that day. There's no question they wanted something to happen that day because that would end Trump forever. They were trying to get Trump and nothing else mattered. By the way, all these politicians were safe and everybody knows it. And they knew it. And they, they, they just knew it. So now the memo is out that the Republicans are going to start a committee and, and an investigation into January 6th from the other point of view and Nancy Pelosi's role in instigating this in making it happen with the FBI. She not only predicted it, she had a film crew that day, there that day. Her daughter was filming a documentary about her, and I'm sure this is the final chapter, is how heroic Nancy Pelosi is. We're going to have fake honor again here. This is what we're doing. Stolen valor. Nancy Pelosi is going to be brave as the Speaker of the House when the insurrection occurred. She wanted that insurrection. She wanted it desperately, not just for political purposes, but for history to show. She was Speaker of the House when the insurrection on the Capitol happened, and she stood strong. She declined National Guard support from the President of the United States. This is going to be really interesting when they do this. When they out Nancy Pelosi on the stuff that she did to make this happen, it's going to be great. And this is not one where she's going to get arrested or anything's going to happen, but the record has to show some even-handedness on January 6th. It has to show that. And these people that were just trespassing, we got to get them out of jail. This is ridiculous, what's happening with the politicization of this thing and weaponization of the FBI and Department of Justice against conservatives is just crazy. Uh, KKHI is brought to you in part by Doug Horn and the Horn Law Firm. Based in Independence, Missouri, Doug Horn handles all cases in Kansas and Missouri. He's been doing it for 32 years. He's got a track record of success in obtaining the best results, but mostly he personally handles everything. He's a rapid response law firm. It's extremely important in cases like this. If you get in an accident and you don't know where to turn, whether it's for medical care and evaluation for the future or immediate issues, claims adjusters, proper medical evaluations, securing important evidence, Doug Horn is there for you. Online at hornlaw.com or call 816-795-7500. Doug is a great American. He's a great American, a great conservative, and he is really good at what he does. He's compassionate. He is not a flamboyant out there, you know, buy a bunch of wild television ads and look at me kind of guy. He is discreet and professional I just, I really just think the world of him. I think the world of Doug Horn. And I think you will too. Hornlaw.com. Uh, of course, if you want to go to hornlaw.com and download the driver safety, driver safety book, it's great for teenage drivers. It's perfect. You're teaching a teenager to drive. Go get it. It's free at his website. Download it. It's really cool. His new emphasis is middle school passenger safety. What they're finding is as 15-year-olds, 14, 15-year-olds are starting to drive, they may have had parents or something that allowed them to not wear seatbelts properly. They start driving with their friends that are a year or two older. They sit in the back seat and don't wear seatbelts. Middle seat passenger safety is very important. This is the kind of stuff that Doug is passionate about. It's a really good man. It's a really good man doing good work for people. Get him on your side if you're involved in an accident. Hornlaw.com or just call Doug personally and speak with him at 816-795-7500. The Bluemont Hotel in Manhattan and Goolsby's Indoor Entertainment Center 
and restaurant. It's a great spot. If you're setting up a trip to the Little Apple for business, or maybe you got a wedding or a family event coming up there, the Blue Mountain Hotel is really the only place to stay. Nothing cookie cutter or corporate here. It's Manhattan's destination hotel. No question about it. Right across the street from campus, the School of Business right there, and Aggieville, all the restaurants and, and fun stuff to do in Aggieville. Manhattan is booming. It's the second fastest growing city in America, and it deserves a great hotel like the Blue Mountain Hotel and a fun indoor entertainment center like Goolsby's Restaurant and Indoor Entertainment Center. Check it all out online at bluemonthotel.com. All right, our final story here today is Disney. There's a column by Carol Markowitz, who I don't really know. She's a columnist for the New York Post. She's written a great story that says, I hold grudges against corporations I don't like. That was like her first line. And I said, bingo, I do too. I threw away, years ago, I threw away all my Nike stuff, and I've never purchased anything Nike since. Never. And that's difficult because they make some stuff that I want, but I'm not going to do it. It all goes back to Kaepernick, them supporting BLM, donating money, all these other things that were just wrong for America. And they haven't been as vocal about that anymore. And in fact, one of their executives, I think, wound up running for governor in Oregon. And I, I don't think they're what they once were, but things have really calmed down. Still, I remember. And so when I have a choice, I'll buy Under Armour or Puma or something else not named Nike. And Carol Markowitz starts a story like that. Then she says, I have a husband and two boys, and they did an ad campaign one time basically against men. Gillette did, and so we don't buy Gillette products here. And she went through a list of things that she doesn't do. We swore off the Disney Corporation, she says. And she said, for years, we wanted to go to Disney and said, we can't. We can't support this company. We're not taking our kids to Disney World. But I was asked to speak at Disney World recently, and I said, okay, They've got a new CEO. The woke dude got run. Maybe they're making changes. They say they are. They're laying off 7,000 people. I'll give it a shot. And this story is amazing. She said she went there. She decided to take her family. They did the whole thing. And she said, here's the problem. They cannot placate the left. They've done things to make them somewhat happy. And then she lists off about a dozen things that she sees at her hotel, Disney World, things that are still named, that the left will not stop until those things are changed. She, her Opinion piece was a letter, an open letter, a warning to Disney. You have no chance to win this. This woke battle, you have no chance to win it. They will not stop until they change everything Disney. Of course, this comes on the heels of the Disney Plus show called The Proud Family and the release of about a two-minute video clip of a rap song that's performed. It looks like it's a cartoon, but you're like a high school gymnasium stage and everybody's there. And the Proud family is a black family. And the entire two-minute kind of rap song is about slaves made America, slaves built America. In the Disney Plus rap song for children, this is children's programming, they say that Lincoln did not free the slaves. We freed ourselves. They say that America was founded on white supremacy and needs to pay for it today. It has a very angry, rappy tone to it. They redo Mount Rushmore with Harriet Tubman and others. They say emancipation is not freedom. They took us out. They put us in public schools and that made us slaves again. Disney is putting out programming to black children. We assume that it's mostly black children watching this. There's plenty of white kids seeing it too. I'm guessing if it's on Disney plus, it's just on, right? It could just be running. 
that Mount Rushmore needs to be changed. Public schools that these kids go to today made slaves of black kids. Lincoln didn't free the slaves, and the entire country was founded on white supremacy. This has been tweeted out. People are exploding over this with Disney+. Plus. This is the worst thing Disney+, Plus or Disney Corporation has done yet. It is unbearable to watch, and I think that's why Carol Markowitz wrote the column. She doesn't spend a lot of time on that, but if you follow Chris Rufo on Twitter, go check it out. You can see it. It's called The Proud Family. Google's going to suppress this. These things are not always easy to find now. The stories on this will be suppressed by big tech. Google it. The Proud Family. Google the Proud Family song. I, I'm not, I'm not going to play it for you here. It just, it does, it's not the same. You need to see it. You need to see the anger in the faces of these children that are doing this rap song in this animated cartoon. The anger that they have is just astounding. I can't believe what Disney has become. Check that out. And finally, thanks to our friend, Dr. Bill Bush at North Kansas City Dental. He's awesome. Guys, hey, it's time to go to the dentist. You haven't done this, and you know you haven't gone. You know you haven't gone. Some of you don't even know who your dentist is. Like, ah, I'm not sure. Just make the appointment and go. Go get it checked out at nkcdental.com, 816-471-2911. He's Patrick Mahomes' dentist. That ought to be good enough for you. He helps him with his mouthpieces, all the other stuff. He does all this. If he's doing that for all these Chiefs players, he's good enough for you and I. It is time for you to go see Dr. Bill Bush just north of the river at Armour and Swift or in Westwood, Kansas. He'd love to see you. Call 816-471-2911 online at nkcdental.com. When you're there, check him out wearing those TI scrubs. It's tiscrubs.com. All the ladies and Dr. Bush, they wear the chief scrubs, Mahomes, whatever. If you're in the healthcare industry, you can wear them too. They're high end. They're much more comfortable than regular scrubs. And now you can get them with your favorite Chiefs player's number on them in Chiefs colors. TIscrubs.com. Pretty cool stuff. Dr. Bush is a neat guy. He is a really neat guy, and you're going to love him as your dentist. All right, don't forget, we're going to have a Super Bowl podcast out later on Friday. Danny Klinkscale and I will talk about the Super Bowl. Lee Sterling will have all the odds and prop bets. You don't want to miss that. He's got some great suggestions on prop bets. Even if you don't gamble and you just have a buddy and you're going to be watching with some friends or something, say, hey, this is fun. And some of them are really interesting and fun. And we'll give those to you and, and just write like three or four of them down and, and bet your buddy $5 each or something. It'll be fun during the Super Bowl to play some of these. We'll have all that for you on our later Friday episode of Kevin Keatsman. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. (laughs) 